Hi, James. Ben, how are you? I'm good. Uh, long time no talk to. Happy New Year. How was the break? Uh, it was good. I, I felt a little sheepish because I felt like everyone was doing like double podcasts over the break, which seemed odd to me. But, oh, well, um, they've made up for our absence. I, I hope everyone listening doesn't mind too much that we took a little bit of time off. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, I, I, it's, it's kind of weird because uh, um, I don't know. I mean, like it's it, now that this is my job, uh, but I don't know. It's it, it, This is one of the challenges, I think, of of doing anything like this or being self-employed. Mm. Uh, like just think about like when do I take days off? Because like you always feel really guilty. <laughs> and it's like, well, oh, there's a, there's a bunch of people that sign up over Christmas, right? Like a gift thing where secretary members could give gifts to other people. Like, well, they just all got these new memberships and I'm not actually, you know, I'm only doing two a week. And then other people are like, why are you still writing over Christmas? You're doing two a week. I'm like, well, um, you should, you should put in a PTO request to your boss. <laughs> no, I, I think about just like putting something down on paper. Like I feel, and just like sticking it on like the membership page, like I'm going to take this many days off a year. And it's not, it's more for like myself to make myself do it because, um, you know, you feel like, you know, yeah, well, here's the funny thing I found that like sometimes you can taking a step back and like letting that taking the stress off yourself and taking the pressure off to write things actually can be I mean, you don't want to take it too far cuz then you have ideas and you never put them down, but actually taking a step back can be really helpful in terms of um coming up with new ideas and 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 you know, like getting away from the trees and seeing the forest again. Yeah, no, there's definitely something to that. I mean, that's certainly, I mean, that hasn't, just to be clear, that hasn't been a problem. Um, I, I'm always feel like I have more to write about than I, than I have space. Mm. Uh, it's more, it's more just like, just from like a, yeah, just from a, a physical and mental health perspective, you just need to, you know, it's good, it's good to have, it's good to have a couple of days off. Uh, before we before we get into the meat of things, someone created Exponent Bingo on Twitter and oh my gosh, I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, it was so good. It was funny. There was um, there was one specific word that like I knew was missing. And I kept racking my brain trying to think of it. Over-indexing, maybe. <laughs> and then like <laughs> ten people like posted it right away. Where's over-indexing? <laughs> yeah, and the uh, the free space. I feel like the free space could be the intro, but uh, I don't know. It was a guy by the name of J. Lewis News uh, on Twitter. Thank you for that. It certainly gave us both a good laugh. Yeah, we'll put a link to it. I I, I know that the, he, I think he and someone else have been like joking about on Twitter, but then, yeah, he went and made it. So it was <laughs> uh, You posted a really cool article on the company that I always have difficulty remembering how to pronounce their name. Z- Xiaomi? Xiaomi. 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 It's like an E that turns into an L. Xiaomi. 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 It literally means little rice. Little rice, huh? But it's good because it, it, it's I, I don't know how intentional it was. I think given the way the company operates, it probably was pretty intentional. Intentional. Um, the fact remains that any name with an X is cool in English. So they were very they were very smart to to use a Chinese character that when written huh. in pinyin, uh, pinyin to use the correct pronunciation, uh, uses an X. So you got to admit the name looks pretty cool in English. It does. I agree. Um Though the the concept was really really interesting of the article, um, I'm going to ask you to dive right in and explain. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a company that I think not just me but lots of people have been just really uh, struggling to figure out. I think on one hand, there's been a very sort of shallow interpretation, which is 
oh, Xiaomi is very disruptive. They are, uh, you know, they're selling hardware costs and make money on services. Mm. Um, the, the problem with that is it's very kind of attractive on a very shallow sort of perspective. Like, oh, that's so cool. That it's very disruptive. The problem is that uh, it's not it, the actual. It, it was a little bit like that old joke, um, you know, like step. What was it uh, on on uh, what's the cartoon? A South Park, you know, like get all the socks and then there's the, the sock gnome, right? And then question mark and then profit. It's like <laughs> wh- where are you actually getting all this this lucrative service money from? And that's always kind of the hope I had. You think about services, you think about something like Google, right? Google makes a lot of money. The vast majority of it is made uh, through through search advertising. They also make a fair bit through display advertising and mm. and through through AdSense and things like that. Um, uh, but the they they have that monetization engine and lots of the other stuff really just is there to keep people on the web to drive people to the web. It's not really a money maker in in and of itself. I mean, mm. uh, you know, Gmail has ads. I, I'm not sure how much of a maker is, but lots of the other stuff there's there's not really any real money making potential there beyond the fact it makes people use the web more. The more people use the web, the more they see Google ads, the more the, the more Google collects data about them. All sorts of good things happen when people are using the internet for Google, right? And and they have something though at the end to 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 pay that off. The problem is that Xiaomi is not a search engine. They're not building a search engine. Baidu is 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 pretty dominant in China. Mm-hmm. They make the search money there. Uh, and, and so you say, well, maybe they're gonna make money on on apps on the app store. It, yes, to, they do have an app store. There's lots of app stores in China. Uh, Xiaomi's has has the fifth most popular. Google Play, I believe, is the fourth most popular. Uh, but it, it's it's a very different sort of environment where it's not like there's one dominant one. Um, but you're not making a lot of money there. And anyway, a, a lot of the money in apps in China is made on WeChat. And WeChat, uh, especially games, pay-to-play games mm. that they sell through their platform, and uh, which is kind of a, plat- a meta platform on top of iOS and Android. So they're taking a lot of the profit. Uh, you know, Alibaba gets a lot of the e-commerce profit, although Tencent's trying to move on that with, you know, through WeChat. Uh, and, and, and the problem is you kind of go down the list here. Never running and, out of things. Yeah, where are they gonna? Where are they actually gonna make money? And uh, and then there's been mixed reports of the profit. Some reports that they made like 500 million. One's like 60 million. So it, it's unclear when and where it's coming from. Um, the fact, I, I think, what is absolutely true though, and so put that aside. There's lots of uncertainties about the business model that that I think has been unclear to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that's part number one. Um, Man, every time I want to say something like I'm, I, am I monologuing? I'm just gonna have that bingo card stuck in my head. Yeah, don't worry. You're not monologuing. You're explaining the article, like you said to me about the drone. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna need to have uh, the next bingo card. will have bingo card as one of the squares. <laughs> don't encourage it. We're gonna we're not gonna hear the end of it. Um. So anyhow, uh, the um. So that's number one. Like the business model w- w- was a bit unclear. Uh. Number two, though, is is there's something very meaningful happening with this company and with this brand, and it's something that that I think uh, you know has been pretty apparent for a while. Especially if you've been, um, I've been watching at least clips of their keynotes, their announcements for a couple of years now, mm-hmm. and like these are like concerts, right? I mean, they're actually they're having another one next week. Mm-hmm. They just announced it. Uh, what? yesterday we're recording this on thursday they announced it on wednesday tickets are going to sell today thursday like people like they're having like there's gonna be this mass stampede to buy tickets i'm sure there's gonna be a press release in a couple hours where they're like 
oh, all our tickets sold out in like 30 seconds, right? And it, in um and part of that is like it it feeds on itself, right? They create this illusion of scarcity and it's oversold and people get that makes them more want it. But there's also generally like people are really a part of this. And it's not just the keynotes, it's also like they have like these weekly software updates and like they solicit a lot of community feedback. You can commit bug reports. Also, and like and it it's it's a community. It's it's like a it's a it's a click. It's a I don't want to say a religion, but it's a what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's an identity. Like it, people, you and you see this. I, I kind of flirted with this without saying it outright in the article. There's a reason I started with Apple. Like there's no question that there. Like I, I see lots of people on Twitter that have an Apple logo as part of their name. Mm. I mean, like th- if you step back far enough, that's. Kind of amazing, right? Yeah, it's totally amazing. I mean, this is a for-profit company, the most valuable company in the world, and people are putting it in like their identity. They're 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 quite literally, in a very tangible way, making it a part of their identity. I I can relate to this. Like again, I, I think we talked about it previously when I was a kid. Like I identified with it very very heavily. But coming back to to Xiaomi, and I know I've butchered that again, but. It's it's in, it's really interesting to me because this is the first Chinese company that's managed to build a cool consumer brand. And for the longest period of time, everyone would dismiss China as like, oh yeah, you know what? They're able to copy. Yeah, sure, they're they're able to get this massive industrial scale, but it's never it's always been copying. It's never been a case of building it themselves. But here's the here's the first instance, at least to my mind of them developing within the country this brand that at least to uh, within Chinese consumers is really considered very cool. Yeah, I mean, and this is kind of the area where I was almost a little hesitant to get into this, right? Because I'm not you, you, getting into like talking about the way a country feels is very problematic because mm. a country, especially like China, is is a, over a billion people. There's right. lots of opinions, all sorts of things. So I all this sort of stuff, and I think we might get into this a little more about countries and cultures and that sort of stuff. Please, everyone listening, take – we are aware that we're painting with broad strokes. Just sometimes that's a useful way to talk about things. Um, but first off, I mean, I think that's the pattern of kind of developing countries everywhere. I mean, Japanese stuff used to be thought of as being crap. Right. And now it's thought of as being the, the, the best. I mean, like it's it's Japanese. I mean, German stuff is probably still considered the best, and the Japanese is is probably number two. Pretty and, close. And that's and if you went back and told someone in like 1970 that that would be the case, that that would seem crazy to you. But that that is the case. Korean stuff used to be thought to be junk. Uh, Hyundai cars were known for being stupidly unreliable. Now, like whatever you may <laughs> think about them, they're thought of being very reliable. Mm. Um, you know, Samsung was. Absolutely a copycat product, you know, they still are, but their their stuff is thought to be high quality and and reliable. And this is kind of same with the Taiwanese stuff. Taiwanese made in Taiwan used to be an insult. Now, like Taiwan is like one of the like very few countries on like the, the US like military contracting list that's their stuff's considered of high enough grade that it can be kind of like weapons grade system or something along those lines. Like mm. it, it's it this is a natural progression for countries. And so from a big picture perspective, it shouldn't be a surprise that that a, a Chinese company would kind of rise. Would, would rise would rise would rise to this level. Right. But it it I completely agree, but it's noteworthy nonetheless. This is the first instance it's it's happened. 
Well, I mean, what, I think what's interesting though is, and this is what is so fascinating about Xiaomi is, um, maybe the only, I mean, it, it's honestly hard to think of a another company in, in, in anywhere. Like, and again, Apple is actually a really queer uh, comparison here that has inspired this sort of fervor among, not among everyone, among a certain sub subset of people. And um, I mean, Sony was always very beloved. I don't, I don't re recall if there were ever like Sony fanboys or, or fangirls as there were. Um, you know, I don't think there's ever been that sort of attitude about Samsung uh, as no, much I... as Samsung has wanted it, that to be the case. Right. And what's, and this, that's, what's meaningful. This is, it's not something you can buy. You can't market your way where by market. I'm using the tech lazy tech term for advertising. You can't advertise your way to being cool and to being, to being, having that intangible sort of quality that, that creates, oh. a, a, a an identity. Yeah, the no, no one's putting Samsung logos in there. In there. In no, their no, no, no. And I mean, I think about the, it's so rare to be able to do it, but it's so powerful. I mean, I, I, I'd have to reach out into the automotive space or the auto space before I can think of equivalents. There are people inside some of these car communities that very heavily identify, like whether it's uh, yeah, and, and bikes as well. Harley Davidson is like one of these identity brands that it's it's incredibly valuable, but it's incredibly hard to pull off. No, for sure, for sure. And and I think even with Xiaomi, it's not it's not necessarily widespread, right? There's a reason why Apple is doing very, very well in China and why their prospects are are, are very bright. And I again I painting with very broad strokes here. Um, but you know, I think in China, like even the people our age, which I hate to say, and kind of above, like there there's there's still a sense that uh Chinese brands are second rate, that they're cheap, that they're knockoffs, the quality might be as good, and there's a strong preference for kind of for foreign brands. Mm. And there's a prestige attached to having that. And so, uh, you know, that's where that's where the iPhone does so well. The iPhone is absolutely a prestigious good. It, it means something that you pull out your phone and you put it on the table and there's an Apple logo there. And and that's a that's a big part of China. And it's, it's a lot of the parts of China that have money are like that. And then they're and they are older. Uh, and again, by older, I'm including us in that. Sorry. Um, and. And whereas Xiaomi, Xiaomi skews very young. Like Xiaomi is is late teens, college age, like that age bracket. And if you think about that age bracket and where they've and when they've come of age, like China has grown by like something like double digits every single year since 1979. Like it's the most insane like record of economic growth in like the history of mm. humanity. Right. And and if you and they, this is a generation that has only known that, has only known every year being better than the one before it. You know, every year having more money than the one before it. And and that creates, and I think it's in that environment that that Xiaomi was even possible. Now this brand comes along, it's super cool, all this stuff going on, and it's not just that it's a cool brand, and oh, by the way, it is very affordable. We And this is part of the, the trick of, Tricky part of saying Xiaomi, they sell phones super cheap. Like they are selling top of the line phones for $300 or $200 uh, and, and way undercutting Samsung. And, and so it's not like they're, they're Apple, like actually gaining prestige by being expensive. They are inexpensive and cool at the same time, which is a particularly good trick. Neat trick. Yeah, it's a neat trick. But let's go back to the original question that we had. Okay, so they're not making money off hardware. They're targeting 
they're targeting younger consumers. Um, they're, they're being, they're a quote unquote, you know, making money through services, but we, we kind of went through the list and we couldn't see any way in which they were making money. How are they going to make any money then? Why are they valued? It's, I mean, a brand is great, but they've got to make money somehow, right? Yeah. Well, well, one, I, I, you toss it off a brand is great, but this is kind of something that I, I think there's something on the forums, you know, came up. Someone's like, you know, oh, that's nice to have a brand, but, but, but da, 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 they're going to get screwed like Samsung. Da, da, da. Like, no, hey, whoa, hold on there. Building mm. a brand, we just talked about that, is, is incredibly difficult. Yep. And, and we, like, there's very few companies that have, especially in so short a time, built a brand as powerful and as sticky as the Xiaomi brand seems to be. So, what, that, that's super important. So, so don't dismiss that. And I know you weren't. I'm just, was yep. taking advantage of you to make a point. Um, mm. I don't know if that counts as being rude to you, but that's another bingo square, which <laughs> I, I thought was a little mean. Um, there should be like a James being passive aggressive event because I swear mm. that happens. No comment. <laughs> um, I'm going to get it for that one for sure. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you think about it, you, you have, um, so uh, 2013, and this was a really a big shock at the time. Xiaomi introduced a TV. Um, the me TV, it was like 49 inches. It was like 400 bucks. You know, it is it looked pretty fashionable, but I mean, all TVs look pretty fashionable at this, at this, at this point. And, uh, it was, it was interesting. Um, and then Xiaomi's CEO, uh, Lei Jun said something very, very interesting. He said, this will be the first TV that our fans buy. And if you think about it, think again, like what, what age, what, what age are, are Xiaomi's fans? They're all like in their teens, early twenties, uh, in China, as in much of Asia, uh, people don't move out when they're 18, right? They, they, they live at home. They stay with their parents, uh, usually until they buy a house or they get married, like until well into their twenties. And, and so, and by the time they do move out, they tend to have more money because they, they want to buy, like the whole goal is to buy a place. Renting is very frowned upon. It's like you're throwing away mm. money, um, which is, <laughs> I get into this on my analogs a lot, um, but just because like, you know, even if it's like the, whatever, uh, it, it's in this. Is that way off topic? It's a little off topic. <laughs> but, Sorry, but just in that's general, a bingo square but, but, too. But, but in general, the, the people, like these people are moving out, they have some cash, they're buying a house uh, and, and they're going to need to buy a TV. And right. what TV do you think they're going to buy? They're going to uh, buy, they're going to go straight for that brand. If they're going to need to buy an air purifier, another seemingly off the wall introduction last, last year, what brand air, air purifier are you going to buy? And, well, and, and they're not just air purifiers. They're air purifiers that are all this, they're internet of things, air, air purifiers in TVs. They all interact with the Xiaomi layer on the smart smartphone. It's called uh, uh, Mi, Mi UI. Uh, there's, there's an app it integrates with your phone. The water purifier that's going to come out integrates with your phone. The internet router integrates with your phone. The the health monitor that they have integrates with your phone. All this is the serve. This is the service layer. They're building the service layer that ties all these appliances together. They're creating a fan base among this group of people that are coming of age and about to spend a whole lot of money on white goods. And they're saying. Hey, and it, it, it's not like you're moving out and you have a, you're just gonna pick up and you have a bunch of furniture that you're gonna re, not ask people to replace. They're asking people to buy their first TV from Xiaomi, to buy their first air purifier from Xiaomi. I imagine a refrigerator is coming soon. Like to buy their first refrigerator from Xiaomi, to buy their first air conditioner from Xiaomi. Like I, again, 
Those last two are, are made up, but would not in the slightest surprise me. And oh, it's not just any refrigerator. It's a refrigerator that ties into my UI. So you're locked into the ecosystem. You're like, there's, and there's no reason for you to go anywhere. And someone will walk into your house and boom, you're a Xiaomi person. It's like putting, people might put Apple stickers on their refrigerators. Well, how about having a freaking Apple refrigerator? How many, just out of curiosity, how many folks are there in, so I, I, there was a really interesting chart that you posted in the article today, uh, Flurry Analytics, and it basically looked at the Xiaomi users versus average Chinese smartphone users in the age, and they skews heavily uh, 25 to 34, 18 to 24, and 13 to 17. Like there's a whole bunch of those guys. How many, what's the population, <laughs> just as a thought experiment, what's the population of China that's under the age of 34 right now? Uh, I, it's it's smaller than it should be because of the, the one China one policy. One child, yeah. Right, but it's still in the hundreds of millions, like probably more than the entire population of the United States. That's crazy. And all those, I mean. I mean, there's 1.2 billion people in China. Right. And all those guys are going to be coming online, buying all these, uh, like, as a, as a cultural phenomenon. They've been living at home. They're going to buy their place. They're going to move out. And they are going to start buying all this stuff. And it is going to be like a flood. I mean, that's the idea. I mean, obviously, like, there's there's always a large amount of white space between idea and execution. Uh, right. And it's all it's also possible that uh, I, I'm, I, I'm wrong. And they're actually, they just created an air purifier for fun. Big, and they're going to make money selling smartphones. But this this actually, I think, squares the circle with a lot of what's hard to understand about Xiaomi. They, they yes, they are a service company, but they're they're more like Apple in that they are making. I, I believe in the long run they will make money by selling products, and those products will be made better by the exclusive Xiaomi services that enable them. They're not right. trying to create services that go everywhere. Uh, and make money that way. And I think that's that's kind of the fundamental question about any company. Is it a horizontal company or a vertical company? We've talked mm. about it. I've talked about it a lot. And what I'm saying here is I believe Xiaomi is a vertical company. You just, the vertical that people are thinking about is the wrong vertical. It's not the smartphone vertical. It's the, it's the kind of appliance vertical. They are they're they're an appliance company, and in this way, they're like Samsung in a lot of ways. But Samsung has never kind of put the pieces together. Like Samsung started out selling refrigerators and TVs and all that sort of stuff, and then came to smartphones. Whereas Xiaomi is kind of going the opposite direction. There's and and this is this is the future. This is the way to think about what's coming next. I wrote about this in, in the Daily Update about going to CES. Like everything now has to start. If you start with the smartphone, then what? And that's the way to think about products going forward. You presuppose the presence of a smartphone, this device that is connected and go anywhere and touch Mm -hmm. anything. And then what do you build from that? And Xiaomi is saying we can build a new kind of of home company uh, that is enabled and tied together by by the smartphone. And I mean, this is the direction that both Google and Apple are going, like Google with Nest and Apple with HomeKit. It seems to be... Yeah, I, yeah. Well, they're both going there, but they're both they're both fundamentally hand, hand, handicapped in a way that Xiaomi isn't. Because and all the consumers in the U.S. already have all this stuff. That's that's the that's just the kind of the macro one. That's the big one. But just from a a a product perspective, Apple uh, Apple is never going to make all that stuff. Like they're they the Xiaomi yeah. can get a, Xiaomi can get away with a more flawed product than Apple because they're only charging three hundred dollars for it or less. Apple gets away with selling a $700 phone because 
they, they're focused, they're making the absolute best. And then a lot of the discussion in the Apple blog sphere lately, and we've talked about this, is Apple maintaining their quality to a degree that justifies basically a 200% premium, mm. which is it's insanely huge. Um, and so Apple a- Apple isn't, I don't think, is constitutionally capable of doing this. As much as like people like Gene Munster dreams about Apple making TV and making <laughs> all this sort of stuff. Xiaomi, Xiaomi is, is making a different sort of compromise. Um, and and they're going in this in this kind of other you know this broader this broader direction. Oh, so so the the thing with Apple though is because they're only making the phone. Yes, they're making HomeKit, but they're depending on basically a modular approach, which they never win at, or very rarely. It's well, the other thing, it's not just that. It's from a big picture perspective, the whole Internet of Things, and I know it's a terrible label, but I think it is a very real thing. Um, the whole Internet of Things. Uh, it's a new market, and what wins in new markets? Integrated companies, and Apple can't be integrated unless they're willing to start making a whole bunch of other hardware appliances inside the home. Exactly, and it's a, and so Apple is is fundamentally at a disadvantage. Now they're not really competing with Xiaomi because Xiaomi's going for different markets. We talked about that in a moment, but Xiaomi is is proposing to actually offer a superior offering because they're going to make it all. It's going to be fully integrated. I mean, the thesis makes complete sense to me. It's actually it's very very powerful too. And so uh, Google Google on the other hand has the opposite problem because Google is a pure services company and their strategy dictates that they serve everyone. That they you know and that's why Google has such a strong presence in iOS. It's why they 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 serve you know because they they get the best return on their capital investment on their back end by. You know, serving as many people as, as possible and exposing their ads, ads work at scale, all that sort of stuff. Google is meant to operate at scale. It's what it means to have a horizontal business model. Um, but the problem is you see this happening with, with Nest is Nest had a very interesting announcement this week where basically the, it works with Nest idea and they announced locks and cars and lots the stuff that basically the problem though is what's the hub for all this? The hub for all this is your thermometer the, or not thermometer, thermostat. That that doesn't make any sense. Why is your thermostat your hub? Your smartphone should be your hub. But- well, it's a whole, yeah, that's a whole bunch of Apple guys too, right? And that's their core device. They're probably thinking in terms of the old the the old Apple ways and like, okay, we're going to integrate, and that's going to be home, the home base. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think there's a cultural clash here, but also it's just like Android, Android, Android. What isn't. Google, it's not in Google's DNA. It's not in Android's design mm. to sell this kind of like integrated all in one sort of thing. Like it's, they can't help but be this more uh, distributed sort of thing. And so Nest, Nest kind of is able to do that to a degree. But the problem is it's built around the wrong thing. Like Nest needs to, the whole works with Nest should be works with like your Nest smartphone. But there's not going to be a Nest smartphone because there's Android there. Like there's, there's basically strategy taxes galore when it comes to Google doing this space well. Um, and and again, Xiaomi, because, and this gets back to the thing we talked about with incentives and startups and things like that. When you are a new company approaching a new opportunity, you get to perfectly fashion your business, your incentives, how you make money to fit mm. that market. And that's what Xiaomi has done. That's why the, the phone is cheap because the end game isn't the phone. The end game is the is the entire home. Like the they, house. they're... A, Exactly. Whereas Apple and Google and Samsung and everyone else, they're coming at it with incentive structures and business models that were made for a prior war. And and they're not 
and it's just they're congenitally incapable of being equipped for the next war because they already exist. And it's not because they did Apple did anything wrong or Samsung did anything wrong or Google anything wrong. It's because they're old, and that's what happens to old companies. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. You're making me wonder whether it should have been Apple that bought Nest rather than Google. Well, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people made that argument, and it's a reasonable, it's a reasonable one to make from a, from kind of a, if you just a theoretical perspective, mm-hmm. um, and and it's it's one of those things where like um, it's a what if, right? Yeah, it is a what if, and I think it's a reasonable one because I, I think that does get to like Apple making these smart device, and people have talked about this, and I think we've talked about it maybe a very either in person or in a very early early podcast. But again, it's just that's not Apple's fundamental nature as a company. Apple makes personal computers, and that's what they do. Like they, they, and and they're gonna do that until they can't make money doing it, and then they're gonna go out of business. And, and again, they might try to pivot all that, but th- what makes Apple work? And I, again, I think I need to write like for I don't know. I don't. Wanna, I feel like I've I keep trying to say this in different ways, like the definitive like how Apple works. It's so hard to articulate. And I know I'm missing huge pieces of it because it's very hard to get it all, but it's like this. It's like a watch. It's like a Swiss watch with all these intricate pieces that are snapping together. And it doesn't seem like it should work until you see, Oh, there's this countermeasure here and this countermeasure here. And it's all liable to fall apart any minute. And, and, and you have stuff like the cloud that doesn't really fit with the watch and it's messing it Mm -hmm. all up. Um, But it's like, man, do you really want to bring something in that will, mess all that up um and you know there's a reason we we talk about apple a lot there's a reason why apple's on the bingo square it's because there hasn't really ever been a company quite like it uh and that's why it's so fascinating but that's also why i almost question for all the credit apple gets for changing and adjusting they've always since the day of their founding been going in the same direction making ever more personal ever more better product personal computers and I, I question if they could ever do anything other than that. Yeah. I, I Yeah. Well, uh, they made a pretty good battery recharger. <laughs> I mean, yeah. th- if you want an example of someone whose identity was totally wrapped up in Apple, I mean, this guy was like the most insecure person. <laughs> I, uh, it, I mean, he was a pretty miserable to work with, to be honest. I mean, but he just... Yeah, I mean, like Apple. Where were Apple you working was, with him at? Was it at Apple? Yeah, or, it was or, at Apple. <laughs> okay, I was going to say if he was working at Microsoft, I could understand why he was pretty pretty miserable. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So, 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 I, I like this. This, um, this has been fascinating learning about this company and thinking about it in this way. But there's something that you picked up on towards the end of the article that I thought was equally interesting, and that is, um, that is, uh. uh Xiaomi thinking about expanding and thinking about expanding to the US and uh, uh, the the potential IP problems that come uh, that would come if they were to do that. Yeah, there's what, a there's a few things here. I mean, I mean, Fred Wilson said something this week that oh, Xiaomi's going to come in the US this year, and no, they're not. That's that's it's such a, I mean, great guy. I love that he blogs all the time. Super interesting stuff. But that's such a US centric sort of sort of point of view. I, I mean, first off, putting us, if you don't mind me, putting aside the IP for just a moment. Yeah, sure. What we're talking about, this company uh, basically looking to tap into these uh, old young adults that are getting their first houses, are buying stuff. Like, that's not really the U.S. market in general anyway. 
and the U.S. market has and and the U.S. market has tons of competition for at the first off, lots of houses already have appliances. Uh, mm. they most of them last a long time. They're pretty good. Apple kind of owns the 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 Mindshare brand, like the cool brand. There's, there's usually not really room for for two. Um, and Xiaomi, on the other hand, you go to a country like India or you go to a country like Indonesia, uh, where there just aren't that many. Apple doesn't have that hold in part because they're just so expensive. Uh, there's just aren't that many people. And there are maybe on an absolute basis, there's an interesting amount of number of people. But from a percentage basis, there's a tiny number of people in India, particularly Indonesia, that can afford an iPhone. And so, but there's room still for the, a premium brand. Like Xiaomi is like the premium low end brand, if that makes sense. Like the smartphone, like Apple is so far separated from the rest of the smartphone market, particularly on price, that it's almost like there's two markets. There's the Apple market, and then there's the rest of the smartphone market. And in the rest of the smartphone market, Xiaomi's kind of like the premium brand there. And so if you're in a place like Indonesia where, where the iPhone isn't even a consideration, you're choosing between Xiaomi and Samsung and a bunch of off-brand Chinese phones, Lenovo, not, which isn't an off-brand, but like th- these are some of your choices. Uh, suddenly, the idea there's an op- opportunity for a, a cool brand there. And it's the right population. It's people that are coming of age. It's it's in a growing economy where people are getting richer. And it's where people want to buy inexpensive yet cool and aspirational type things for, for their homes. And why would Xiaomi go to the United States, even if there weren't any IP problems? Like the only well, not, the only reason yeah. to, the only reason to go there is is for like pride. And that's not a very good reason to do anything in business. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, so it makes complete sense. They they pick markets that look like the market that they're doing well in. Right. Um, so, the, of, of course, though, and I've written this for a long time, I think um, earlier than a lot of people, I mean, the, Xiaomi does have an IP problem. They, they don't really have any meaningful intellectual property. And in phones in particular, that's a big problem. There's tons of intellectual property in phones. Uh, you know, mm. if you don't own any patents, you're going to pay like, up to a third, if not more, of the total cost of your phone and patent fees. Like it's way higher, I think, than people appreciate. We're not talking about like 10 bucks a phone. Like we're talking like tens, if not hundreds of dollars. Uh, it's probably a bit of an exaggeration, but it, it's very expensive. And you're paying everyone. You're paying Motorola, you're paying uh, Google, you're paying uh, Nokia. Uh, and by the way, Nokia still holds the patents. Microsoft didn't buy the patents. Uh, you're paying Samsung, you're paying Apple, you're paying uh, that alliance that bought all the the nortel patents like you're paying Did, anyone and everyone didn't um wasn't there an update recently in the in the in the patent wars between apple and google it, it almost like um uh didn't oh man i i'm trying to dig up the link as you're talking about yeah it, actually. there's been a bit of an approachment between apple and samsung i think and i think you'll probably see most of the cases between them settle i think some of them settled already and the reality is is um it's it's kind of a pointless fight. Uh, I mean, it's it it. They both have patents. Uh, it's hard to enforce design type patents in particular. Um, and it and the reality is, is both companies need each other. Um, Samsung has the best manufacturing for a lot of the components right. Apple needs, and Samsung needs the volume because that's where you know as their handsets kind of continue to plummet. Uh, it's the chip business. In the component business that's picking up the slack. 
And uh, and so the companies need each other and they'll figure it out. And the reality is just there, there's a bigger. And so, yes, Xiaomi has IP problems. Uh, if and that would be a big problem going to the West in particular. Um, that said, uh, I, a lot of people are like offended about this, like personally offended. Like I get this a lot on Twitter, like like they're thieves. They don't deserve it. Like, like very like open and shut. And mm. I, I, I'm not particularly, um, I don't Synthetic. quite, I'm not outraged about it, uh, for, for a few different reasons. I mean, one, uh, this idea that like patents are an obviously like this kind of attitude depends on the supposition that patents are obviously a good thing, right? If we both agree that patents are obviously a good thing, then yes, we can agree that's bad that someone violates them. What, why are patents are a bad thing? Patents are a government granted monopoly. Like last time I checked, monopolies aren't good for anyone. And the reason they exist is to spur innovation. But what innovation are they spurring in smartphones and consumer electronics that would not be happening anyway? Uh, I, you are absolutely. I, I can't even play devil's advocate against this because I, I agree with you to the point where I'm trying to like one up you in terms of saying they're worse. I completely agree. I mean, I, I'm not in the all patents are bad. Like I, particularly when it comes to pharmaceuticals, I'm very sympathetic to the like it takes 10 years to get a product to market and it's completely trivial to to make a generic version. So I'm I, in that case, I'm super sympathetic. Like if I were... Mm a pharmaceutical company, I wouldn't invest a dime in a new drug if it weren't for patents. Like, Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to pick up on this because I, I think a lot of pharmaceutical companies pick up compounds that, are, that, are, that come out of universities that have received government funding. I, I think the need, I mean, I understand that patents work better in, in pharmaceuticals because the compounds are easier to define. The, 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 I mean, property works in general because you're able to define where the boundaries of it lie. And when you talk about ideas, you have very fuzzy boundaries. You have to use the English language which to describe is, is this the same idea? Is that the same idea? Whereas when it comes to compounds, they're chemical compounds. But I think the reason why you need the IP is because America in particular seems to have twisted itself up in knots in terms of making it so expensive to bring drugs to market, e- even though the, a number of these compounds originate out of, out of universities and government funding in the first instance. No, th- th- that's fair. I mean, it, we can... You know, it's not, it's absolutely not cut and dry. I think my point is that there is just you, a better case to be made. Right, for exactly. There. But I, I, by the way, that idea of um, property works when it's easy to define, that's, that's yeah. such a great way to think about it. Um, you know, if you think about the idea of property rights, you think about land and you can demarcate land and say, yeah. this is my property. And you can do the same thing with chemical compounds. And you, it's really hard to do that with software. It's really hard to do that with ideas. That's a, it's a great way to think about it. Um, Nice job, James. Yeah. I think we just filled another Thank bingo you. card. <laughs> the, the white picket fences, I've heard it described as, where you can put white picket fences around something and demarcate it, it works. And and as as the ability to do that declines, then the idea of property becomes less and less sensible. And that's why I, I have such a, I mean, one of many reasons why I have such a big, I, I, I have a, 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 a very aggressive view on copyright for that reason. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, I mean, uh, you know, that that's kind of like the the like why it's just a pain to manage argument 
And, and mm. whereas my argument is the like, there's already such a benefit in tech, technological markets, scale markets to being first. Like you don't like, especially because winner take all effects and network effects, you, you don't need any more motivation for someone to like invent something and get there first. Like it's just it, the idea of patents are just completely orthogonal to the way technology works. And, and if we're starting from ground zero, uh, I'd like to think we wouldn't have any, we wouldn't have any at all. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just that they, they don't work well. I actually think in lots of instances, they're counterproductive. Oh, completely Um, agree. That, that like for small companies that are trying to create something, they 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 get a, a patent granted and they think they're secure, and then they end up being um, they end up being pummeled into the ground based on le- like from a legal cost perspective because a big company decides they want to go after them or a troll or something. It, there there are all these big issues. There are all these big issues with them. I think they're absolutely counterproductive. And a great example is people want to go on and on about Samsung ripping off Apple and blah 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 blah. Like. <laughs> Can you help me understand how Apple has been injured? Like Apple is the most valuable company in the world. They've made they've made an absolutely unprecedented amount of money since the invention of the iPhone. Like what wh- why are it's weird. I think it gets into this some of this like making it part of their identity. Like people feel like personally violated by this. Mm. Um but I mean last time I checked uh, the economic system is doing a very good job of rewarding Apple for innovation. I remember the the patent or the case against uh, Apple Samsung case, and there was um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was talk. Of, uh, I think it was with the the tablets. Um, one of the Apple execs were like, "Oh, I picked up one of those smaller Samsung tablets, and actually the size is really good. We should make one of these." It's like this is like copying each other doesn't blunt innovation; it spurs innovation. I, I, I like it, it. It from a consumer perspective, it actually results in better outcomes. And and the idea. I, so so the test is, do you really think that Apple's going to pack its bags and go home, stop creating stuff if the patent system disappeared? And I couldn't I couldn't imagine that happening for a second. No, exa- and that gets into kind of the second point, um, which is uh, you talk about that idea that patents, you know, or new ideas when people like work off each other and iterate. And, you, and if you think about the property idea, like if there's not really a clear line, it's because there's a lot of overlap. If you think about the people bouncing off each other and making it better and shaping it and, and having a product improve and competing, uh, it, it's much more, if you think about it more from kind of a community and broad, broader societal perspective, the patents are even worse. Like the patents are this very sort of individualistic, narrow, defined good that, yes, it may benefit a particular individual, but it is to the detriment of society as a whole. And and when it comes to, I think, uh, China or, or a lot of Asian countries in particular, the bias is more towards the community than it is towards the individual. And the idea, like the very conception of there being individual ownership of ideas or even things like mm. paintings or drawings or any sort of creation is anathema. Like it's the idea of intellectual property and that you shouldn't like pirate songs, for example. This was mm. shocked me when I first came here like 10, 11 years ago. Like I was talking to, to I think my brother-in-law and he's like, oh, I got all these games or music, music, whatever. I'm like, and like I was shocked that he just like he, he stole all this stuff. It was all pirated. It didn't even occur to him in a million years. And I talked to my wife, then girlfriend about this. I'm like, man, you know, do you think it's bad? They do that. She's like, 
It's like, why would it be bad? Like it just, it, it wasn't <laughs> even in their moral lexicon that this is a problem. And that's not because they're amoral. It's because the, the cultural values just have never really countenanced this idea. There being this individual, uh, that individuals have any sort of right to, to that sort of thing. Uh, I put it, I put it in a drawing, put it like this, this drawing of a horse with like stamps all over it. That, that, that here, that makes the drawing more valuable because people have literally put their stamp of approval on it. Like that. Can you imagine someone stamping a Van Gogh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I, I think the point is well made and I love getting this perspective of, uh, I mean, and this is the second time in this episode it's happened where the, the cultural element of it is so different. So the first time this idea that people, that kids live at home until they can afford their own house. Like that's very different from the West. And this, this is another great example. That being said, I, I don't necessarily think this idea that, uh, that copying is bad is necessarily built into Western culture. Like it's, it's, it's some Western ideal that, that, that's always been there. I, I, that, there's this famous quote by, by Charles Dickens. He went on a tour of America and he, he loved the time there, except one of the things though that really, really upset him was he saw um, like the US, just everybody, everybody was pirating his work. No one was paying for it. And, and there's this quote he, he, he has, I'm the greatest loser alive by the present law. Um, I, I, I don't know. There's there's definitely an element here of East versus West, but there's another element here of like, well, we've created we've created something. We we're in the business of ideas. This is now what our economy is based on, and we're going to figure out ways of uh, making it such that we get rewarded for what we now do. That's no. That's it's that's such a great great segue. I mean, like you back then. Uh, it wasn't just Dickens. The U.S. was rip, was ripping off everyone, right? The, I, right? I don't think I don't think that the U.S. was paying royalties on the steam engine or the or the textile mill back to ever yeah. in, in England, right? They no that the U.S. was built on uh, quote unquote pirated ideas and patented ideas, just like every other economy in the Absolutely. world for the most part, and particularly in the U.S. What was someone gonna what's what what was England gonna do? Say. You're bad. We're not going to trade with you. No, the U.S. is the biggest market in the world. Like it, it's this, it's this budding superpower. You can't. Who's you're going to sit around and tell them what to do on what basis? Like this, it's kind of like real. This is like the real world. This is real politic. And right. And yeah, it's like this. Well, you should. You know, you ought to. Yet, if that's exactly the way, so many people in the West treat China, treat lots right. of developing countries, and you see it not just intellectual property. You yeah, see it totally. with like workers' rights. You see it with pollution. Like uh, last time I checked, the U.S. wasn't very concerned about pollution while they were, you know, developing. Um, they weren't very concerned about workers' rights. I mean, there's go and read Dickens if you want to understand how bad workers' rights were. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: the fastest way to get those countries to care about all those things is to actually help them develop and. One of the ways of helping them to, to develop is not like like intellectual property violations. This was put to me by a professor who will remain nameless at Harvard Business School. But intellectual property violation is actually one of the most reliable paths to economic development. Yep. If you want to get if you want to get countries to care about workers' rights, if you want to get them to care about the environment, and I think we all do, 
let them pirate this stuff. Like it's the fastest way to get them to care. And and alongside of, of that, they're going to start creating their own brands like China is. And all of a sudden they're going to realize, oh, hey, you know what? This intellectual property stuff, actually, maybe there's some value to no, it. No, totally. Because they, they will do it out of self-interest because they have something right. to protect. And and it, it's... It's so it's it's so fraught in a lot of ways. Yet I love it. I love the fact that we can talk about this because to me, it's it really is so cut and dry. I mean, neither of us are sitting here and saying that treating workers poorly is a good thing. Making people work twelve hours a day is a, is a good thing. Child labor is a good thing. Uh, by, by all means, it's a bad thing. We condemn it. But the question, you, 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 it it's cheating. It's cheating to say it's a bad thing. Stop without thinking seriously about how you actually rectify that and make it better. Because the fact of the matter is uh, for all the complaints about sweatshops in China, the vast majority of people in China are, are unimaginably better off than they were 20 years ago, especially 30, 40 years ago. Uh, There's this amazing movie. uh, I I can't think of the name, but I'll put it in the show notes about it's basically it's set in the industrial revolution or not the industrial revolution, the cultural revolution, uh, cultural revolution Probably. and mm-hmm. it, it will break your heart. Just it, it and it's, it's so powerful. And I challenge you to watch that movie and to get on your soapbox and say, we shouldn't trade with China because of workers rights violations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's the, the fact of the matter is, is that the world isn't black and white. You don't get to say, Oh, wait, you're a bad country. Now be a good country. Like, okay, I'll be a good country, but are you going to pay me for it? Yeah, exactly. Are you are like what? Why do those jobs go to China? They go to China because the factories, because the workers are cheap, and they work long hours. But that makes the workers better off. And actually, wages in China have risen a ton. When I came to Taiwan, I think wages in China were something like, or even like I will go back like twenty years ago, wages in China were something like a tenth of that in Taiwan. Now wages in China are higher than Taiwan, like in, in especially in a lot of the like in in uh what's uh. What's the the province outside Hong Kong? Uh, Shenzhen. Uh, and it's actually the reason why a lot of manufacturing, especially technical manufacturing, is still there is because the ecosystem that's there, where all the stuff's in the same place. It's like a Silicon yeah. Valley, right? But it's like the Silicon Valley for hardware is in Shenzhen. Mm. And it's not because it's cheap anymore. It's actually quite expensive. And and that's that's great. Like all those sweatshops we were Complaining about 15, 20 years ago, I think when sweatshops was a really big thing, those are all gone. And 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 they're and they're replaced by by higher paying jobs and better mm. working conditions. And the reason they're replaced is not because some moralists got on a stool and told them to do better. It's because they themselves made it better because their eco- their economic conditions got better. Right. And and I mean, it, it, the other thing that just annoys me is the hypocrisy of people who's, who's I mean, it's, uh, they're well-meaning, but, but it, it, again, it's talk is cheap, It's not right? serious. It, yeah. It's not. If you're really serious about it, stop buying the products. Like if, if you're so concerned about it, don't buy all these things. But to buy all the things that come out of these places on one hand and on the other hand to say, oh, this is terrible. Like it, it's just... Yeah, exactly as you said it. Are you going to pay them to well, stop? It's, because if- it's actually it's far worse. I think for from from particularly an American perspective, because a lot of our country's wealth was built on slavery, and right. and we're going to sit <laughs> here and tell a country how they ought to how they ought to get rich when we're sitting on untold amounts of money that was built on the backs of free labor. I mean, like this is. I mean, 
it, it's like this this is the this is privilege. Like it's it's like we're sitting here in the United States saying you should do better, China, without acknowledging how we got to be rich in the first place. Right. It's it's uh, yeah. It's it's luck. Like it's uh, <laughs> so much of it is luck. You just happen to have to have to have got there a little bit sooner, and uh, and that that gives you a moral soapbox from which you can lecture other other countries, right? I mean, it, it's 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 fascinating how much all this is, is tied together. I mean, uh, like take the take the inequality thing. I think we've mentioned this before, but uh, you know, in equality or inequality in the U.S. is skyrocketing, but on a global basis, it's decreasing, and it's right. decreasing because the bottom is coming up so quickly, and especially particularly most that's driven by China. China. I mean, exactly. When you have a sixth of the world's population growing for thirty straight years. Uh, that's going to do a lot for global inequality, and and make no mistake, China is a big cause of equal, of inequality in the United States. A lot of those middle class jobs, especially manufacturing jobs, left and went to China, and that carved out the middle in the United States and increased. But it's kind of like, what's your perspective? If you look at it as an American, it's 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 troubling. If you look at it as like a citizen of the world, it's. It's a lot more. It's it. It requires a lot more thought and consideration. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think there are also other choices that, that America's made that have that has exacerbated that problem. But that has definitely been one of the factors. So, what, one of the things I think is really interesting to think about with with China. I think we talked about this of when we talked about like kind of the the uh, um, like regulation and culture and stuff like that. I think we mentioned at the end of that that China is really the only country that you can think about that that has like stagnated and decayed and then ultimately came back. Like, oh, but it took like you know hundreds of years or a hundred, a few mm-hmm. hundred years and total destruction. It's actually really interesting to think about. Um, you, again, I'm probably scanning a very thin ice here, um, but like the the calamity that that China went through, particularly, I don't know if people under really understand the scale of devastation that was wrought. Uh, particularly in the Cultural Revolution and, mm. you know, the 10-year famine, basically, that killed, like, millions and millions and millions of people. Like, we're talking about, like, exponentially more than something like 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 the Holocaust. And yet, it completely uh, uh, ignored and unknown, I think, in the West in a lot of ways. Um, and it destroyed so much of China. And you go to China, and a lot of it is just, like, it, it's built from the ground up, basically. And a lot of, like, the culture was destroyed, like traditions were destroyed, family units were destroyed. Like it, it was complete and utter destruction of every part of the society, basically. Is that is your I well the I sorry go ahead. Well the sorry. question is yeah was that necessary? Well the question is China is this huge exception in the history of the world where they've grown basically right. for 30 straight years. I, it's it's interesting to wonder if, if how much those two things are related. Like if you actually start from complete zero and there's no there's nothing left, you're not fighting against any bureaucraties, you're not fighting against any any nimbyism because there's nothing. It, it's it's totally barren. You're starting from nothing. It's like a startup, right? Like there's no limitations. You there's there's no there's no boundaries, and maybe that's why it's been such an incredible economic miracle in a lot of ways. Uh, it, it's it's probably the one the 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 biggest comparison is the United States. Going west, going going to the frontier, and there and um, 
unfortunately for the for the Native Americans, they acted as if there was no one there. Uh, <laughs> but it, or Australia, arguably, right? going in like yeah, and just taking right. over this kind of barren land again, acting as if the natives weren't there. Um, right. It's it's just fascinating to wonder if that's if that's how much that's related to the way the country has has grown. I mean, and I'm also thinking of Germany I, again. Uh, like World War II, it was in it was in pretty bad shape at the end of that. Yeah. But the the economic development that's happened since it's yeah, it's that's a really interesting argument. No, it's not an argument. I, it's it's a question. I'm, I'm raising it. Or well, thesis hypothesis. How about yes. that? Yes, I'll, I'll take hypothesis. Um, mm. So I'm actually I'm going I'm going to China next week. Uh, mm. Yeah, I'm going. I'm actually going. I mentioned Xiaomi has an event next week, so I'm going to go to it. I want I want to get. Oh, I want to feel feel the fervor. The 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 Chinese Steve Jobs reality distortion yeah, field. Yeah, exactly. Although uh, I'll, I'll probably be, I like I have to decide. Do I want to like take pictures and like focus on the crowd, or because my Chinese is okay, but it, I'll have to like I have to like pay attention, right? I have to like really listen to what he's saying to mm. to to understand it. If I'm like doing other stuff, it's hard it's harder to pick it up. But it's gonna be. I mean, it should be interesting. I'm not gonna be there very long, so. But uh, it'll be interesting to get a taste of it and just to see, just to see, just see what it, what it's like. Yeah, it will be fascinating. Uh, it, it should also be fun to have. Um, am, am I about to to be a, a hypocrite and say it should also be fun to have uh, some Chinese minders following you around, given your press going to be in China? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, it sounds like I'm looking forward to hearing all about that. Should be really cool. Yeah, it should be interesting. So we we will uh, we will maybe talk about that more on on a future episode. But I'll, I will definitely for sure in the daily update be posting updates and pictures and stuff like that. So you can look for that at the end of next week. Nice, cool. Well, uh, we are we are actually just under an hour, but I think that that was that kind of wrapped up in a nice little bow. Sweet. Uh, well, uh, I will I will talk to you next week then. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yes, definitely. And I uh, hope you have a... Uh, I, I felt like I had something more to say there. And I have no idea what it was. Uh, <laughs> well, may, maybe there's the, an got, after hours. Yeah, I got to check the bingo card and see what, what's, what spots we need to fill in. <laughs>